Hey, I'm going to ask if everyone can begin to return to your seats. just wanted to thank everyone who's been praying for my wife who's in the hospital. She had a stroke last week and she's recovering. Um, but I wanted to tell you something that happened in the hospital. Uh, someone found out I'm a pastor and she asked me to pray for her because she said she's going in to have a cesarean birth. So I, so I prayed and I told her, you know, I, I was born with a cesarean birth. It never really affected me, but when I leave my house, I always go out through the window. <laughs> oh, wait, you can't say that in church. <laughs> I, I forgot where I was for a second. I'm just getting old. I'm so old, I remember when people ate dinner without taking a picture of it. Anyone else? <laughs> Anybody else here that old? Old. I was watching Jurassic Park last night, and it brought back old memories. That's how old I am. I guess I better move on here. So. Last week, Pastor George preached a message on faith. So I'm going to continue today speaking about faith by looking at the faith of a man in the Bible named Jacob, who was one of the main characters in the book of Genesis. Now, Jacob was one of two twins. He was born second. His older brother was named Esau. And back in Bible times, it was the custom that the firstborn male would get the inheritance and the father's blessing. That was a custom in the time. So, the blessing of the father and his inheritance should have gone to Esau because Esau was the, was the oldest, but God spoke when the twins were born, and he said, I choose Jacob. He chose Jacob to get the inheritance. He chose Jacob to receive the father's blessing. See, because God doesn't have to follow our rules our traditions and our customs. And God will choose who he wants to choose. And even though Jacob was the second born, God made a promise that the blessing and, and the inheritance and the birthright would be his. But as Jacob got older, he began to see that I, he still didn't get the blessing. He still hadn't received the promise of the inheritance and the birthright. And he got tired of waiting. He, at that point, he wasn't a man of great faith. And he decided that he would do things his own way. And, and people still do that today. Maybe I see so many times where God promises someone that he would bring them a godly spouse. And time goes by. They get tired of waiting. And they start dating the first guy who comes along, at least if he wears a cross and says, God bless you when they sneeze, at least that month. It might not be the man of God that he promised. He might not go to church, but maybe he's not as bad as somebody else. 
You see, God maybe promised you a Boaz, but if you don't wait on him, you'll end up with a bozo. <coughs> so Jacob, not wanting to wait, he tricked Esau into giving him the inheritance, and he deceived his father into giving him the blessing that should have gone to Esau. So when Esau found out that he wasn't getting the blessing, Genesis 28, verse 10. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All people on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. So I'm going to skip down to verse 20, which is Jacob's statement of faith in response to what God said. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. See, Jacob was in a hard place in his life. Even laying down in the desert, he didn't have a pillow. He had to put his head on a stone. He couldn't go back home to face the mess that he made. And he didn't know what was facing him ahead. He was between a rock and a hard place. But he had an encounter with God. And God promised him. I will be with you. I will bless you. I will provide for you. And what was Jacob's response? Well, God, if you say you're going to bless me, and if you protect me, and if you bring me back, then I will serve you. I will even give you the tithe, 10% of all that I have. See, that's a kind of faith that a lot of Christians have. That's called if faith. <coughs> 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 
if God will bless me, if I'm comfortable, if God does what I expect, if I don't have to suffer too much in life, if things go the way that I want them to go, then I'm going to serve God, I'm going to obey him, I'm going to worship him, I'm going to honor him. See, I call that if faith. You have, God has to meet your expectation, and then you'll go to church, you'll give your tithe faithfully. You'll be there every week. You'll be worshiping. You'll be serving him. But not only God, if. If things work out the way you just said. But see, there are people of greater faith in the Bible. There was a man named Job. And this man, this man, Job, he lost everything. He was a wealthy man. He lost every penny that he had. He lost his family. He was sick. He was laying on the ground in pain. And his wife came to him and said, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? God has not done things the way you expected. You don't have the wealth you had. What kind of God is that? Why don't you just forget about God? Just die. Just curse him. That's not the kind of faith that Job had. Job said, if, if he slay me, if God kills me, yet I'm going to worship him. I'm still going to trust in him. If I see nothing, if everything I have is gone, he's still worthy. See, that's faith 101. Faith 101 is, well, if. If everything goes well in my life, if, if I meet the man of my dreams, if I get the financial breakthrough, of course I'll worship God. But if not... That's not the faith of Job. Though he slay me, if nothing seems to go right in my life, he's still worthy of our praise. He's good in the midst of our laws, in the midst of the trial, in the midst of our suffering. He's still worthy to be praised. You see, if you've been here in the church long enough, you know that one of Pastor George's favorite Bible stories is about the three Hebrew boys in the book of Daniel. I think you preached on that like four or five times, right, through the years. Now, their names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were thrown into jail because they refused to bow down to the idol that the king set up. And the king said, if you don't bow down, we're going to throw you into the fire, into the furnace. That's, you're going to get burned up. And here's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him in Daniel 3.16. King Nebuchadnezzar... We do not need to defend ourselves before 
us not. We want you to know your majesty. We will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Now they believed with all their hearts that God would save them, and he did. He showed up in the fire. But they declared, our faith is not based on our God saving us. It's not based on what God does. It's based on knowing him. You see, I've spent the last months in hospitals and nursing homes, one surgery after another with my wife. And every day I declare God's healing. I believe just like them. God says, I am the healer. I am the one who healeth thee. And I've seen the hand of God many times. Somebody asked me, well, how do you believe in that God heals when your wife is so sick every time? Like every month, something else. How do you say you believe that God still healed? Well, they weren't there when the doctor said there's a 75% chance that her leg will be cut off and the people of God prayed and she's still walking. They weren't there the times when it looked like it was all over and God showed up again and again. When they said she's not going to be able to walk, and one day she just got up and started walking. One of the greatest miracles I've personally ever seen. But I had to make a decision that I believe that she will rise, that she will get out of the hospital. But here's my declaration before you. Even even if it doesn't happen the way I expected. See, she lost a lot of her voice after having a stroke. I believe that God will restore her voice. But I've had to decide, even if he doesn't, he is a good God. You see, some of my best times of I've ever had a worship has been in the hospital, in the nursing home, and people yelling, turn that music down. You see, he's a good God. With all I've been through in these months, I can declare the goodness of Jesus. I'm believing God for breakthrough in my ministry. I'm believing for financial breakthrough. I'm believing for his promises of prosperity. And I declare to you that even if my ministry falls apart, if my bank account shrinks, I'm still going to serve him. I'm still going to worship him. You see, that's Bible faith. Bible faith is not the faith of Jacob if. If if he blesses me, then then I'm going to serve him. I'm decided I'm going to serve him all the days of my life if I see nothing. So I'm going to go back now to the story of, of Jacob. 
Jacob went on to live with his uncle Laban. And his uncle Laban exploited him. He deceived him. He manipulated him. He tricked him into marrying the wrong daughter. See, whatever you put out in life, that's what you get back. Jacob was a deceiver. He was a trickster. What happened to him? He got deceived back. He he got tricked. So he ended up in in an abusive relationship. It talks about in Genesis 31, his uncle Laban changed his wages ten times. He stole his... Jacob's daughter's inheritances. He manipulated him. He intimidated him. But the scripture says in chapter 31 that in spite of all that was done to him, God was faithful and prospered Jacob. Why? Because the abuses, the injustices, the hurtful words, the betrayals, that you've suffered in your life cannot hold back the hand and the blessings of God. I declare that over you. Those who have hurt you, even maybe continue, people who curse you with their words, they can't stop a God who is faithful. His promises are true. And Jacob learned that in spite of the abuse, Jacob prospered in that time. That's where Jacob started to learn faith. He learned he couldn't do things his own way, but it's only by the hand of God that we can be blessed. See, maybe after all I said about Jacob being a liar and a deceiver, maybe you might wonder why God would still choose to prosper him. I don't know, but that's why we, you better be careful before you criticize and condemn someone that God's out to bless. Before we start judging and pointing fingers at people. But the real question to me is, why did Jacob stay with him 20 years and take the stealing and the abuse and the mistreatment? See, that's a mystery to me. Maybe he felt that that's what he deserved because of his own sin. Maybe he thought, well, I made my bed, now I'm lying in it. I messed up my life and I got what I deserved. Or maybe it was because of the intimidation and bullying. Maybe he was afraid to leave. People get caught up in abuse. And it's so hard sometimes to break free of that. Or maybe he had a wrong idea of loyalty. I've seen people stay in abusive situations for years thinking that, oh, I've got to show loyalty to this person. See, that's a wrong idea of loyalty. Jesus never hung around to get abused until the end. When that was his mission was to die. Up to that point, they tried to hurt him, abuse him. He said, let's get out of here. (coughs) See, I don't understand why he stayed, but whatever the reason was, God spoke to him. 
and told him, it's time to return to the land of promise, to leave the abuse and turmoil and manipulations and regrets behind. And I want to declare that to you. (coughs) Some of you, you've been in these cycles, stuck in dead-end relationship, abusive places, Job's not going anywhere, and you feel stuck. Maybe like Jacob, you feel you deserve, that's all you deserve in life. Or, or maybe you're afraid to break free. But here's my word. Everyone's got a word for the new year. And every year, one year ends, and at the end of the year, I can't wait till 2018. That's all I heard at the end of 2017. Oh, I can't wait for the new year to start. As though, magically, on January 1st, anything changes. And if you choose to stay in the same cycle... In another year, oh, I can't wait for 2018 to end. Oh, next year, that's the year of God. (coughs) We got to make a choice like Jacob to rise up in faith and say, I'm going after God. I'm going after his promise, whatever it costs me. See, he got up. He had his angry uncle chasing after him. And he was facing a brother who said, I'll kill you. If you come back here, I'll destroy you. And finally, Jacob learned what faith is. (coughs) He took God at his word and he stepped out. And before I go on, I want you to hear from someone else who also took God at his word and stepped out. So I'm going to ask Jessica Vasquez, who's a testimony machine, is going to come up here. Good morning. I saw Pastor Gary on Tuesday, and um, he asked me to share a testimony, so... Um, we're talking about our word for the year, so um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. In 2015, my word for the year was trust. I didn't want the word, but um, the word became very important for me in 2015. I stepped out in a lot of areas in my life in 2015 that felt terrible to me, but I saw in 2016 and 2017 how the things that I had to do in 2015, decisions I had to make, Um, choices that I made, decisions that I made, stepping out in faith, played out in 2016 and 2017 in a very important way. One of those was um, changing careers. In February 2016, a very lucrative job of mine came to an end. I was making great money, um, and that job came to an end. And a month before that job came to an end, in January... It was on my mind that my, my license, my real estate license, was going um, uh, to expire. I had my license for a couple of years. I did nothing with it. And in January 2016, when it was set to expire, I said, you know what? Let me just renew it. I don't know why, but I'm going to renew it. I feel like a change is coming, and I'm gonna, this is going to be in a ver- very important part of my life, and I'm going to renew it. And so 
I paid $600 to renew a license that I wasn't using just because. February 2016, my job in healthcare came to an end, and in March, I decided I'm gonna go full-time into real estate, having no money in the bank, having no clients, having no business space. Um, everything else in my life was completely wrong, so I figured I have nothing else to lose. My word last year was trust, I'm gonna carry it over again into this year, and so that's what I did. So, <clears throat> 2016, I'm doing real estate full-time, and it frees me up. I had some time during the day, and so without me knowing that 2016 was gonna be the last year of my dad's life, I had time to do things like go to the social security office with him for no reason. He wanted to go and set things up, and so we did. He wanted to go buy a new car, and so he'd call me. He says, hey, you have any, any real estate appointments? You got any clients today? Can you go with me and handle this? Can you go with me and do this? Can you have lunch with me today? Can we do breakfast? Can we chat? Can we? And I did, and I did all those things in 2016. While building my business, I still had time to spend some time with my dad. And in, 20, in December 2016, he passed away rather abruptly. Um, and so I looked back at that time and I said, wow, you know what? I struggled in 2016. I don't know why I stepped out in faith and decided I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go into real estate having nothing to build on, but I'm gonna step out and I'm gonna do this. I did it, and although I struggled with my business, I had time to do important things, like spend time with my dad. In 2017, I decided, you know what? 2016 was hard, I'm gonna really focus on God, and if real estate doesn't work, I may have to go back into the workforce, because I'm struggling. And in 2017, my aunt was diagnosed for the probably fourth time with cancer. And there was nobody to take her to her chemo appointments. And so in the summer of 2017, I would leave Wednesdays, Wednesday afternoons open, and I would have all of my appointments surrounded around Wednesday afternoon, and I was able to take my aunt to her chemo appointments. And it was time alone that I spent with her. And I prayed about it, and I said, God, you know, it was hard for me to step out. It was hard for me to give up a job that I was making a lot of money in, and I was very comfortable making the money that I was making and doing the things I wanted to do. And now I'm, ha I'm working in a job where it's up and down. One minute I'm elated and I have tens of thousands of dollars coming my way, and then the next minute I'm like, now what? Where am I going with this? And so in prayer, I started to see that although God put it, he opened up the doors for me to take this step out in faith because there's some days this week was tough for me at work. And this week I wanted to throw in the towel. Right after Pastor Gary said, talk about faith. Can you do that for me? Let's talk about faith. Let's talk about your decision to step out in your business. I said, okay, I'm going to do that. And then the week just crashed down on me. And I actually seriously for the first time in a long time considered going back into healthcare. And so I was praying about it one night and I said, God, I just can't do this. I can't do this anymore. This highs and lows, this roller coasters up and down. Where have you been? Where are you? I took the steps, all these crazy steps in the last two or three years that God has put before me. I've taken them, and where have you been? I'm struggling emotionally, financially, spiritually. I'm struggling. I'm limping. And as I was praying, I saw the things that God was opening the doors for. I saw the times that I spent with my dad. 
I saw the times I spent with my aunt. And thank God she's doing okay. She may have to do chemo again. And if she does chemo again, I have the freedom to be able to be a part of that and take her and support her in those things. And I was saying, but God, you know the things that I want to do. You know the, the, the goals that I have. And a lot of the goals um, are materialistic. And that's a little bit shameful for me to say, but I have a lot of materialistic goals. But as I was praying, God in his mercy showed me all the things that I was able to be a part of that were important parts of people's lives that are not materialistic. And then I was sorry about it, and I said, God, I'm so sorry. And my faith wavers. It wavers because I really considered this week just saying, I'm going back to healthcare. I don't need to struggle like this. This is nonsense. I could be making way more money and having way less stress. But this week, I was able to talk to my sister's students. I was able to go to their school today and, encourage, go and encourage them one morning. And then when I came back that night, she was telling me how impactful it was to her students. And so as I was praying last night, and I was thinking about all those things and trying to prepare for today, I started to realize that maybe my faith and sticking with this, because it's not comfortable for me all the time. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's, it pays off for me. But right now, I'm struggling, and, and I'm actually really living in faith right now because I don't know what's going to happen. And I have some things happening. I have some things working out. But like I said, my goals are huge. And as I was praying last night, one of the things that came to my mind, one of the things that I saw was, Maybe the things that God asked me to step out in faith for are not so that I could be financially prosperous, which is what I really want. But maybe it's just so that I could be there for people, which is what has been happening in the last two years. I've been there for people. And maybe that's what it is. And maybe that, those are the things I need to be a little bit more grateful for. And so this morning, as I was getting ready, I was thinking about that stuff. And I said, all right, God, I asked you to increase my faith. And this week, you've shown me ways I've had to really lean on God's provision this week and I kind of lost it one one of the days this week and I was just in a complete mess but I had to that day especially I had to wait on God's provision and he came through every single time there's not a bill that's late there's not anything that I've lost my car note is paid everything is paid everything I have nothing I even have some money in the bank but I feel like I need a little bit more and so I had to humble myself this week and say God increase my faith because nothing I've lost out on nothing I've lost out on nothing, and God has actually helped me be a part of important things. And those are the things that are more important. So that's my little testimony on faith. Um, thank you all. You see, I, I don't want one of you at the end of this year saying, I can't wait for this year to end. Oh, 2019, that's the year of the open doors. Jesus is the open door. You could, God is waiting for you to make the choice to break out of that abusive relationship. It's enough to leave that dead-end job and follow your dreams, to go after the things that God's put in your heart, but it's going to take faith like Jacob. And when Jacob left, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come. <coughs> when Jacob was on his way back to the promised land, it says that he met with God and he wrestled with him all night. <coughs> 
You see, there's many nights that I've wrestled with God. Don't let me fool you. Many nights in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the struggle, say, God, you promised in your word. (coughs) And sometimes that's faith too. Let's just begin to worship a God who's worthy. In spite of what you're going through, I'm going to ask you all to stand right now. Some, some of you are going through the struggle. Some of you are in the pit right now. Some of you have been thrown into the fire. And if you could say in the midst of it, God, not if. <coughs> God, I worship you. Just lift your hand. Let's worship. song miracles again this entire entire theme today has been about God continuing to do what he does whether it's a miracle or whether just fulfilling his promises to you us have it to, to stand and believe. So if you could just help me sing this chorus, I believe in you. But just declare it today, just say, I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Come on, just declare, say, I believe in you. I believe in Will you trust me, believe? I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. We believe in you, Jesus. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of
like it's time. You may not feel like you're ready, but sometimes it's not based on our emotions, but sometimes it's based on the will that we have on the inside of us. The scripture says that if we be willing and obedient, if we first be willing, then we shall eat the good of the land. There is a good place that God wants you to feed off of. There is a green pasture that he is leading you towards. But if there is a refusal in your spirit because the spirit of fear has tried to stop you and thwart the plan of God, I want you to know that you can find grace here this morning. You can find the freedom that you have in Christ to be able to break free, to be able to get up and rise, and to be able to walk into the promises of God. So I want to invite you as we continue to worship. I want to invite you this morning that if that's you and you need your faith to rise, if you are so desiring to walk into that greener pasture, if you're saying to yourself, I don't want to be like that paralytic. I don't want to be stagnant anymore. I want you to come to the front. I want you to come forward. And I want you to lift your hands unto the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I want you to lift your hands unto the one that gave himself for you. I want you to lift your hands that has broken every chain. I want you to lift your hands to the only one that can set free. I want you to lift your hands because like Pastor Gary said, he is the open door this morning. He is the open door. And he will do what he said he will do. But I hear strongly, I hear the Spirit of God saying that there is only one way. There is only one way to the Father, and that is through the Son of God. And I don't know who's struggling in here this morning with your faith. And I don't know what kind of theology you've come from, and I don't know what kind of religious background you've come from, but I hear the Spirit of God saying this morning that there is only one way to the Father, and that is through his Son, Jesus Christ. There is only one way to have forgiveness of sin. And that is by the blood that was given for us for the remission of our sin. And so if that's you this morning, I want you to know that all you need to do is lift your hands unto the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for you and laid it all down so that you could be free, so that you could have eternal life. All you need to do is just say that Jesus is Lord. All you need to do is say, Lord, I receive that forgiveness. All you need to do is say, Lord, I know you're coming back for me. I believe that his presence is here this morning to meet us. And as you worship, worship. And I believe that the grace is present for your faith to rise. Amen. So I'm going to ask those in the prayer team, those who, if I've ever asked you in the past, to come up and pray. This is your time to come up. We're going to believe God for changed lives. We're going to begin to release a new level of faith that the years of abuse, the years of hardship are not going to hold back the people of God one more minute. If you're stuck in an abusive cycle, it's time to come up here right now. I want to pray for you and break that thing right now. So let's continue to worship. And I'm going to ask those in the prayer team, any deacons, pastors, the people of God need you today because we want to join our faith together in Jesus' name.
face rise.
morning you are awesome in this place Lord and we pray that you fill us up until we overflow oh God till we're running over Lord Father I pray over those that are here today Lord and I pray Father that this word Father that your love Father that your grace would have impacted the lives of your people here today that would make them want to run harder after you Father one make them want to seek after you even more Lord that would make them want to be better and better is in you Lord so Father we submit our lives today this morning Father all that we have Father it belongs to you Father we 
are who we are because of you, Lord, because of your grace, because of your amazing grace, because of the fact that you are a promise keeper and you do it again and again and again. Your miracles we experience every morning, oh God. Every breath that we take, Father, we attribute to you, Father, because you sustain us. You give us life, oh God. So we give you thanks today. And we pray that our hearts would be overflowing for the rest of this week, oh God. Father, that when we come in contact with people, that we would not only have enough for ourselves, but we would have enough to distribute this joy, this joy that you've given to us, oh God. <laughs> Father, you have given us overflowing for ourselves, but to overflow unto those that need you. And people need you, Lord. People need the Lord, oh God. So, Father, have your way. We thank you. You have blessed us so that we can be a blessing. Have a wonderful week. You are blessed. Be a blessing. <laughs>